many Facebook groups are you a part of? What makes you check into them? Is it just a notification or is it because you're interested in something and you're going searching for it? And what inspires you to join a group? I've become fascinated with Facebook groups and I'm going to be starting one for myself and yet another group. And I want to talk to you about how we can use Facebook groups to grow our community, grow our business and build an email list. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. And welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Bayer. Delighted as ever to be back with you. And it's a snowy day here in Ontario. And I'm enjoying every minute of it. Not going to be talking about the weather today. We're right in the middle, actually, of a virtual cottage life show. And as you know, we've all been doing virtual events it's not very well. It's not very well populated at the moment. So we're not very busy. There's three or four of us out there that are manning the Zoom room in case anybody comes along and wants to talk about uh, cottage rental. But for now, it's quite quiet. So I thought I would talk to you about something that I've got excited about recently. I do get excited about things. Something new comes along. Mike hates it and my business partner hates it because I just come up with something new. It's a new idea. I just want to explore it and figure out how it's going to work for us. And this time it's Facebook groups. And once again, my friend Tyanne Marsink has already gone out and done this. And I'm going to be talking about what she's been doing and just delve a little bit into whether a Facebook group would be something that you ought to consider to help grow a community, develop an email list, and perhaps create a following, a loyal following behind your brand. So I know many of us have Facebook pages for our businesses. But a Facebook group is different from a Facebook page. And I'm just going to be talking about Facebook groups today. I just want you to think for a moment, those questions I just asked, you know, how many Facebook groups are you actually a part of? I mean, mine are eclectic. I looked through, I'm probably a member of about 50 different Facebook groups. Some are public, some are private, some are secret You know, if you buy into a course or something, you get access into a special Facebook groups. Then there's pop-up Facebook groups. You know, they just come and go. Hopefully, most of you are members of the Business of Short-Term Rental and Property Management, which is a Facebook group that I set up for professional hosts and managers back in February of this year when we're still down in Texas. And I had this brilliant idea that I wanted to bring more property managers into a a more of a discussion group. And I'm super happy about that group because it, it really took off. And I'm happy to say that in the 10 months it's been going now, 
We have not had a single political comment. I have not had a single instance of a contributor or a group member being nasty to anybody else. It's one of those groups that is hugely supportive. So if somebody comes along and answers a question, even if somebody asked it, you know, a couple of weeks ago, there will be another slew of people coming in to immediately help them, support them and offer their recommendations, suggestions, advice, resources, whatever. I mean, I personally, I've, I find it a, a super helpful resource. If there's anything I want to know, I'll just post it on that group. So could be very selfish. I've set up this group so that if I ever have a question, I go out there on that group and ask the question. And we'll always have a bunch of people jumping straight in to give some really super helpful answers. I say it's selfish, but you know, everybody else is in there asking questions too. And then we have some super contributors, people like Justin Ford from Breezeway, who is there every single Thursday to talk about safety. And I'm hoping to introduce a few more of these regulars who will will come along and do short tutorials on things. I think that's going to be a great idea. But as a group administrator and group moderator, I found it incredibly fascinating how the group has grown so organically. You know, I I just decided one day back in February, I was going to do this. So I built it, I posted it, but you can't sit back and, you know, you, you can't just post it and hope people will come because they won't. So you have to get out there and talk about it. Well, of course, I had the benefit of this podcast that I could talk about the fact that I'd started a group and invite everybody to come and invite everybody to invite their friends too. So there was an immediate growth in that group. And I think we went from zero to about 500 in the first, in the first few days, in fact. Now, nine months later, it's, it's slowed down quite a lot. We're approaching 2000 members and always want more, but you know, quality over quantity. I'm very happy to have 2000 really fired up members who are there supporting each other rather than a ton that have just seen the group signed up and never come back to it again. But I'm going to be talking today about Facebook groups and why I think we should be doing it for our rental businesses. So not out there promoting our rental businesses as they are, but talking about some niche interest that people have in the area and then using that group, not to advertise your properties, not to promote your business, but to provide super helpful local information. And from there to be able to feed in on a very low key basis information that drives them back to your website or drives them back to other things that you want them to see. So I mentioned a few minutes ago that I belong to a lot of Facebook groups. Um, Some of them are very, very tight niches. So I belong to a few RV and camping groups because those of you who know me know, know that I love to go out in my RV but I belong to one group which is dedicated to stripping out the inside of an RV and completely redoing it, redecorating it. And people who have these monster vehicles post 
what they've done to them. You know, they've, for those of you who know RVs, they're usually very dark furniture, very dark inside. So they've painted the cupboards white. They've replaced the flooring. They've put different cupboard fronts on if they haven't painted them. They've got window coverings. They've stripped out all the old RV furniture and replaced it with really nice stuff. And there's some amazing and creative things that people do. So I spend, you know, idle time inside that RV group getting some inspiration. And every so often I come across on there a blog post that sends me out to an RV website. And that website, the person who owns that website is the administrator and owner of that Facebook group. So it's not in your face that that RV website owns that group. It just is, is, is done in a very sensitive and, as I say, low-key way. So what else am I a member of? Oh, Instant Pot Recipes. Yeah, I'm a member of an Instant Pot Recipes site because I use an Instant Pot a lot. And I follow a keto diet. So I belong to a couple of keto way of eating groups, get some recipes from there as well. And also because I love Gulf Shores, I'm a member of the Gulf Shores visitor group or a couple of Gulf Shores visitor groups, in fact. And every time I feel the urge to think about snowbirding and going down south, I can go onto these groups and people are posting beautiful pictures of sunsets and sunrises and herons and pelicans and dolphins and lots of lovely images that remind me of what it's like to be there. Now, when I've gone to Gulf Shores, I've posted questions. I've posted questions on where's the best place to go for lunch where you can get a a water view. And I've got a lot of response back. Now, some of those groups are owned by local vacation rental companies. Some are owned by realty companies. Some are owned by just people who love that area. But it just goes back to the same old thing that if you start up a group on a topic that people are looking for, you're going to get visitors to that group. So, you know, when I'm planning my next vacation in Gulf Shores, I'm going to go probably get onto one of the Gulf Shores groups and ask some questions about what it's like, what it's like in, in, in times of COVID and get some responses. And if while I'm there, once again, if I'm while I'm there, somebody, the owner posts a link to a blog post they've written, then I'm going to be more likely to click on that link than I would if I got it in an email. So am I beginning to convince you that this is something that you could do? Tyan Marsink has recently started a niche Facebook group and it's called Missouri Wine Country Travelers. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. You can go and check it out. But the group's been going just a couple of weeks as I record this, and I believe she has about 200 members of the group now. And it's about what it says on the tin. It's about Missouri wine country and people traveling to Missouri wine country. So she's posting articles about wineries. And she posted an article, she posted about a cyclist who's just completed the Katy Trail which is a long distance cycling route that runs right through Missouri. And it's about 237 miles long, I think. And it runs through wine countries and it runs through Marthasville, where her property is. 
So I saw that and I'm, I'm a cyclist. I love to cycle. And on my bucket list is to start going to places and doing some of these lengthier trails and staying in vacation rentals along the way. So I posted into Tyann's group, you know, is, is there any guide that shows parts of the trail and where you could stop for lunch at a winery? And just a ton of people came back. Remember, this group has only been going for a couple of weeks, but loads of people came back and told me about wineries, about you know the best parts of the trail. And then Tyann posted a link to a touch day guide that she has done, which is very, very clever. So she's done a touch day guide on weekends in Missouri wine country. And I went on to that touch day guide and I found information on bike rentals. I found information on local wineries. I found information on other activities. And of course, I found information on places to stay. So now as a visitor to this Facebook group, which is on a niche that I actually didn't know I was interested in because I followed it because it was Tyann's. But now the group itself has inspired me to want to go. And in the course of that inspiration, I have come across a touch day guide that's been created by Tyann. So now I am into the touch day guide and I'm into her vacation rental website. And that's without her mentioning at all that she has anything to do with vacation rentals. This is what it's all about, folks. So I'm just going to talk about a few things that if, you know, if you want to do this, that you need to do. And I'll be along there with you because I'm starting one called, uh, what do we decide to call it? Um, Cottage Country. Oh, it's called Visit Cottage Country. And it's going to be about, uh, I've written my description and it says, this is a resource and discussion group for those who visit and love Ontario's cottage and lake country and or who want to learn more about our areas. This includes all activities, events and information about the most popular areas, including Parry Sound and Muskoka, Kawarthas, Halliburton and Eastern Ontario. Discover the best outdoor activities, scenic areas, where to get the best butter tarts or craft breweries. Feel free to share your experiences, photos and stories and meet new people in the process. No advertising or promotion unless in answer to a question. Be kind, be courteous and share your love of our beautiful lake country areas. So that is going to be our description. So I am starting that this week and I will keep you posted as we go through the next couple of months to see if we get some pickup and what happens. So if at the end of this episode you decide that you want to do the same thing, start a Facebook group. We could have, actually, we could have a Facebook group for all the people who are starting Facebook groups. But, uh, you know, you could, I would, I will post it in the Business of Professional Short-Term Rental and Property Management. And I would encourage you that if you're going to do this, that you post your groups too. Now, you may already be an owner of a group and I would love to see that group. Love to see that group posted in the um, short-term rental group and we can share our wins. So you've got to let me know, of course, if you're going to do this and we can be accountable to each other because I'm, this is new. I say it's new for me. I've, I've, I do have my own Facebook group, obviously, but this is new to create this niche group. And I want to explain what I did, what I did from the outset. So 
First of all, why a group and not a page? Well, your business's Facebook page is, it's your official public Facebook identity. It's where you put business updates and practical information. I mean, my company has a Facebook page and we occasionally advertise uh, new property listings. Uh, we do very short posts that showcase some of our areas, but it, it really is, it is more of the showcase for our business. Whereas a Facebook group, it's a, it's a place for people with similar interests to discuss or share anything on, you know, on broad topics or narrow topics. It's a place for discussion. It's a place for learning about a niche, for getting access to exclusive knowledge, and of course, for getting involved in a community of like-minded people. And that's why, you know, I belong to numerous groups and I'm active in many of them. So, Having said that, here's five reasons to start a Facebook group. You know, I really, I really thought about this because Mike hates it when I kick off with something, something else, something new before I finish the other stuff I'm doing. But I think this one's important. So my reasons are, number one, groups are the best place for people to learn from the experience of others. And people are always out there asking questions. You know, over the last couple of weeks, I've been talking a lot about content and creating content. Well, you want to get people to go and find that content. And you can only do that really by either emailing them and telling them it's there or putting it out on social media. But if you've got a Facebook group that you have control of, then you can use that to help people to learn from the experience of, of others. As I just said, as a group owner, you become the authority. You can control it. You can say, absolutely no promotion, no ads, but then you can put a link to one of your blog posts because it's yours. You can do what you want with your Facebook group. Thirdly, you're bringing together like-minded people who all have the same focus. And this is why you have to very clearly define what your group's about, who it's for, and what you're going to deliver to them. So the group gives you a chance to showcase your knowledge on the topic that your members are interested in. So in my group, in the cottage country group, I've lived in cottage country for nearly 20 years. So there's a lot that I know that I'd love to share with other people because I have a lot of knowledge on the topic of cottage country. And I know that there's a lot of other people who would probably love to share their expertise as well. And then finally, by answering questions from your group, by encouraging and requesting feedback, by generating networking opportunities, you can forge really valuable personal connections. Years ago, we bought a Columbus RV and I found a Columbus RV group. You know, it's a bit like car owners, Porsche owners. They, they have their little groups. Well, we've got a group for people who own Columbus RVs. And we could go on there and share our woes usually. Mostly, mostly it's what's gone wrong with this RV and can anyone help me fix it? But this was an amazing, amazing group of people. And they began to network and they began to meet each other. And each year there would be a rally that this group would go to or certain members of the group would go to. And I never got to go to one of these but it was fascinating just to watch how this group of 
very different individuals with just this one thing in common that they owned the same type of RV would get together. And some of them became firm friends. And I can, you know, I've, I've asked questions of this group and I've, I've got amazing answers. I remember once breaking down. Unfortunately, we were near a campground. So we sort of limped into the campground. We parked the RV. We were able to get it all set up. But we did have um, we did have a problem with the landing gear, so it was a little bit uh, tenuous. So as soon as I got the uh, the internet set up, I went on to the Columbus RV site and I asked the question. I said, "This has happened. What should we do?" And within ten minutes, I had replies from so many people. Within fifteen minutes, we had the problem resolved. It was something very very simple. It's a bit like going to Google, you know. Somebody else has always already had that problem or has already asked that question. So there will always be a good reply. So over the course of time, over the course of a few years of being involved in that group, we've made some really good friends. And I know that down the road one day we will get to meet them uh, in person and, and it will be a great reunion. So those are five good reasons to start a Facebook group. And another one that, uh, that I just thought of, of course, is, is to build uh, an email list. Because once people really get involved and they start coming to your website, reading your content, they are going to want to connect with you because you've shown how knowledgeable you are about the things that they are interested in. So they're far more happy to give up an email address to get a piece of content. So just going back to Tyann and the touch day guide that she was offering. And I've, I don't think I had to give an email address to get that touch day guide. But of course, once I've got it, I've now got all sorts of links back into her website and if I then went into her website, I'm going to remember that she gave me this really interesting and valuable resource about the Katie Trail and about wine country. And I'm far more likely to trust her and to look for more information from her as a valued resource. So now you've got your why. You've got to think about what, what is your niche going to be? I mean, I went straight for cottage country. I could have gone for something a lot tighter and smaller. And maybe I will do that in the future. So, you know, for example, I, I, I know that um, Sharon Mitchie at Cottages to Castles of Sanibel talks about shelling. It's people go down to Sanibel to do shelling. You know, they, they, they want to go collect shells and it's a fantastic place to find just a gazillion different types of shells. So out of curiosity, I went onto Facebook search and I put Shelling Sanibel. And there are half a dozen groups just talking about Shelling. There is one group with a couple of thousand members that just talks about painted shells and, you know, pick up a shell, paint it and go hide it. I guess that's something you do in Sanibel. But this is a group of like-minded people. So you just got to think about what your niche is. Just like Tyann has thought about Missouri wine country. She could also have put together a group for those dog lovers that come to Purina Farms that's close by. It wouldn't be as focused 
because unless you, yeah, thinking on it, probably not as focused because unless you made it a Purina Farms associated group, you'd be getting dog lovers from, from all over who may not want to come to Missouri to go to Purina Farms. I don't know. I'm, I'm just sort of thinking on off the top of my head at the moment. I, if, if I wanted to do something very niche oriented here, I mean, craft breweries is a huge thing in cottage country, uh, Ontario, probably because we have sort of very general generic beers here in Ontario. You know, we have, now I'm thinking I've got to tell you what they are and, and I'm not, I'm not a huge beer drinker. <laughs> But there's there's Labatt's and there's Alexander Keith's and there's some of the, the 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 larger breweries, but over the course of the last few years, hundreds of small craft breweries have opened up in Ontario, and that there is one on a tiny little lake that I used to live on called Belmont Lake, and it's called the Belmont Lake Brewery, and it was it was a a guy from England who came across and built a house on the lake. And then realized he couldn't get his favorite brews here in Ontario. So he imported a whole ton of equipment from England and he started his own brewery on the lake called Belmont Lake Brewery. And there's a lot of them like that. And I could start a Facebook group that just talks about craft breweries. And that is going to bring a lot of members. So I'm thinking, hmm, maybe I should be doing that. But I've actually chosen to go wider with my niche and talk about cottage country in general. And that is the area that goes to about three hours radius of Toronto. It's big lake country, uh, very, very rural and has a lot of different things to do. Lots of activities in the winter, um, snowshoeing, cross-country skiing, that sort of thing. And of course, all the water-based activities in the summer. So that's what I'm focusing on. But when you're thinking about your niche, try and be as specific as possible and identify and target the possible audience, the very specific audiences um, you, you might be attracting to your property management company eventually. So you've got to think in terms of giving them a topic that interests them, but not so wide apart that they're not going to want eventually to come and stay with you. So think about who your target audience is. And I know when I was thinking about mine for Visit Cottage Country, it was the type of people who want to, it was not necessarily the families that want to come out for the summer, because we have that market anyway. We don't need to attract that market. It's there. But I started thinking about the people we wanted to attract in the winter specifically, because we really want to grow our winter rental capacity and occupancy. So I started thinking about all the things that people could do in the winter, the activities, the places they could go, and the things that they'd need to know. And I created a couple of, well, one main persona, which is this active couple that wants to get out of the city. They're happy to travel up to three, three and a half hours. They don't need a lot of fast food joints around them. They're looking for some peace and quiet and they might come with their friends occasionally. So I'm getting really deep into who my persona is, who I, who I want to identify and target. 
And then I'm making a list of the things that I want to share with them. So I've already got content on my website about outdoor ice skating and about snowshoeing and where to buy the best snowshoes and these sorts of things. So this is on my list of the first few posts I'm going to do. You know, winter is coming. Have you got a pair of snowshoes? And start asking people, because I think you need to ask questions of them when they join. Have you ever snowshoed before? What's your experience? And I'm going to be talking about cross-country skiing and tubing. Tubing is, is something else that people love to do in the winter. So I'm preparing a list of things that people might be interested in. And then I'm going to expand that out to other times of, of the year. So perhaps when I get into March, April, I'll start talking about summer and get people focused on that. So you also need to think about what's the value of the group going to be? Why should someone join it in the first place? So you've got to be putting together something that nobody else is doing. Having said that, I, in, in my research, I was looking at other areas, other areas that have lots of vacation rentals and checking out what they have in the way of uh, Facebook groups covering those. And because my friend Nancy McAleer is in Anna Maria Island, I thought, well, I'll check out Anna Maria, Anna Maria Island. And oh my goodness, I just did a, a quick screenshot. The ones that I got in that screenshot, one, two, three, four, five, six. I, I will put the screenshot into the show notes. So I've got six different groups, Anna Maria Island Life with 38,000 members, Anna Maria Island Beaches and Longboat Key, 25,000 members. Anna Maria Island, Florida, 20,000 members. Then there's Anna Maria Island Vacation Travel, 13,000. Anna Maria Island Vacation Travel Group. That, oh, Florida Vacation, Florida Rental by Owners. That is, that is the group of, that's Nancy's group. 9.1 thousand members. And so on. There are a lot of groups and they have a lot of people in them. So you'll often find that uh, that people with an interest, they're going to join several groups. So for sure, that's the first thing you're going to do is do your research, go out and find out what other groups there are in either in your area or in your niche and just see how many members there are. And just because another group has a lot of members, it does not mean that your newly minted group is not going to attract members as well. You just have to find a way of being a little bit more unique and do something slightly different. Now, one of those things would be in the way that you advertise your group, your description of your group. And I've seen some groups which actually say, we allow advertising and promotions and don't block them like all the other groups out there. So, you know, you've got to look, look at the descriptions of the other groups, the, the, the perhaps competitive groups and see what they are saying, because you want to say something a little bit different from them. You want to be able to really attract members into that group and not have them say, well, I'm already, I'm already a member of this group A, so why would I join your group that has no members? You just want to be a little bit different. 
So decide whether you want it to be private or public. This is the one I'm struggling with a little at the moment. If it's a private group, then people have to ask to join and often have to ask a question or two. For those of you who've joined my, my Facebook group, you will know that I ask a question as to whether you're a host or a property manager. And there's no real purpose in that apart from picking out the scammers you know, the people that just join groups for the sake of joining groups and then jump in and start posting ads. And because if somebody does not answer those questions, then I probably won't allow them into the group. You know, if they haven't answered the question um, by a couple of days, then I'll just decline. Because as I said, you know, we're, we're going for quality of groups and not quantity not the quantity of members, is the quality of the members. So I think I'm, I'm leaning towards having a private group for my visit cottage country. I know that Tyann's Missouri Wine Country Travellers is a public group, but I, I will talk to her about it and see what she, she feels about it. So as I say, you know, I'm, I'm new to this. It's, I, I'm not coming across as an expert at all. Uh, I want to do this alongside others. So If anybody has any preference over public or private groups, I'd love to hear from you. So once you've set up your group and you create that description, as as I mentioned before, and once again, go to your competition and check out what their descriptions are, then join the groups. And if if they are private groups, check out what questions they are answering. Check out the rules of the group, and then you can create your group along the same same lines or slightly different lines. So then once you've got it set up, you want people to join. So you're going to send invitations to people to join your group because your group is not going to be seen until you've got, a. you need to get at least a thousand members before Facebook pick up on it and start promoting it. Because once they start promoting it, people will see it in the sidebar and they're going to join like that. But first of all, you invite your close friends. If you've got a public profile on Facebook, then just invite everybody. Just let them know. I've, I've just started this group. Come and find out. Please join me. Let's get some numbers on there. So you invite your close friends, request them to participate, and then you ask them to invite their friends. So what I'm going to do with mine, I'm going to send an, an email out to my entire list of past guests, everybody that's been a guest. Hey guys, you love cottage country. I know you want to come back. Maybe you want to go to a different location. I'd love you to enjoy, to join our new Facebook group, visit cottage country, and we'll be sharing all sorts of things that you can do in different areas. So I'm going to invite them and then I'm going to invite their friends as well. Ask them to invite their friends. So see if you can find people with with common interests and send them a simple invite. Be very wary. In fact, don't go onto somebody else's Facebook group and tell them on that group that you've got a new group. That's generally not regarded as, as polite or just not a nice thing to do if you're on somebody else's group and you're trying to promote your own But if you can find a way of getting in touch with people with common interests and send them an invite, that's that's absolutely fine. So you need to let people know how reliable you are, why they should join your group. You know, the fact that 
you've lived in a certain place for 25 years and you have loads of knowledge and you just want to share it. So that's one way of getting across your credibility. Create a call to action. Maybe do that on your website. Have a call to action. We've got a new Facebook group. Come join us. Maybe offer them a free download or something if they come and join your group. So there's a lot of different ways of setting up the group and getting the first members. Once you've got your group set up, you need to create some engagement. Now, Facebook have changed algorithms a lot over the last few years, and they now favor groups over pages, which I think is really interesting. And one of the things they say about how they prioritize posts they're going to show is they prioritize posts that spark conversations and meaningful actions between people. Posts that inspire back and forth discussion in the comments and posts that you might want to share or and react to. Whether that's a post from a friend seeking advice, a friend asking for recommendations for a trip or a news article or a video prompting lots of discussion. Facebook loves videos. You want people to see your content. So just, you know, this is just a little sidebar on algorithms. I know Facebook changes constantly, but generally they sort out the content that they're going to show to their users based on certain rules. And these are the algorithms. They're a set of calculations and Facebook uses them to decide which content we're going to see. You know, it's, it's a means to decide the content that a user sees when they log in to the platform. And the most heavily weighted indicators, Facebook calls them signals, which instruct them to show what content to show. They look at likes, comments, and shares. They look at engagement with publisher content posted via friends and messenger shares and replies to comments from a video. So everything that I've read about Facebook recently and about their algorithms points back over and over again to video. Facebook themselves note that video content drives higher engagement. They know that. And they reward that organic reach that drives discussion. And if that's a video, they're going to reward that. So think about using video within your group posts. And you might find that your group is profiled much quicker than it would if you never used a video at all. When I'm talking about videos, I mean, let's go back to the shelling. It could be just somebody standing on a beach with a video camera, just showing all the shells that are lying on the beach. It doesn't need to be complicated. I want to do a video of, and it'll have to be next summer now, but the video of the floaties going past the front of uh, down on my beach front in the middle of summer, because it's such a hoot, you know, maybe a dozen or more of these, uh, you know, they're unicorns and they're swans and dolphins and just all the people floating down the river. It's a massive activity in the summer and it's just such a lot of fun. So it's something that I, I will want to post to say, hey, look, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to rent a boat and spend a lot of money or, or buy a kayak, you can just get a floaty, launch it up river and just float all the way down. We did it in the summer. It took seven hours, but it was such a lot of fun. 
you know, I'm going to start making a list of the different videos, very short videos I could do to put on my Facebook group. So one caveat to all this about creating a Facebook group is that this is not about you. It's about value to your community. It's about the community that you're going to create and about the value that you can bring to them. You know, you want to create genuine conversations. You want to ask questions. You're not going to constantly link out to your website. Just allow people to find it organically. And just very occasionally, you post something that tells people who you are as the owner of the site. Just recently, I was in a group about the 30A corridor down in the Florida panhandle. And there's a lot of discussion going on about, you know, different places to go and to see exactly what I want to do with cottage country. And then every so often they use a Canva a graphic that has this realty company. And it says, by the way, we're the owners of this Facebook group. And if you're ever interested in real estate, just connect with us. And there's just a brief comment to say, just in case you've just joined us, here is, you know, here's a link to our site. We are the owners of this group, but that's it. They do it once every month or so. And they've got so many posts coming in every single day that it's certain you can't, you don't see it as advertising or spam. It's just, Hey guys, this is us. We put together this group. And by the way, we're, we're a realtor. And I think that's a really clever way of doing it. Anyway, I can't believe I've been able to talk about Facebook groups for nearly 50 minutes. I hope hope you're still with me. I hope you're still with me. This is something that I'm going to be documenting on Vacation Rental Formula. And as, as I go through and create this group, because ultimately I'll create a course on how to do it. Um, but I've got to learn as I go. So if you, if any of you out there have got some tips for me, I'd love to hear them. Just send them to heather at vacationrentalformula.com or I'm going to be posting in my Facebook group. So go there. And quite honestly, if you haven't yet joined my Facebook group, the business of short-term rental and property management, please go over there right now and join in and send me a comment to say you heard about it in this podcast episode. And then let me know if I've inspired you because always I love to inspire. I think I'm done now. I'm now desperate to go and get this off and running and then share with you the results that I get. So thank you as ever. Thank you. Thank you for sticking with me right to the very end. As ever, I always appreciate you being here. It is such a huge pleasure. You know, we're well over 750,000 downloads on the podcast now, and, and I value every single one of them. I value the fact that every time somebody downloads an episode, they may not listen to it all, But if you glean just a little bit from one of these episodes, then it makes me so happy. Makes me so happy when I'm sitting here all on my lonesome, talking into my microphone, hoping that there's people at the end of it. And I know you are. So thank you. I'll be with you next week. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you and I look forward to being with you again next week.